I'd like to call the annual meeting, 2022 Church of Our Savior, to order with a prayer. Let us pray. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ and proclaim to all people the good news of His salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of His marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, thank you all for being here today. I've got a couple folks that are tuning in, several folks actually are tuning in. Uh, online by Zoom. Welcome to all of you. I usually like to start with a funny story, something to break the ice a little bit. I don't really have a funny story. <laughs> what I want to begin with is just to tell you that I love being your rector. Applause for applause. Oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> I don't really want applause. I, I will say it, it, it ain't always easy. Uh, in fact, it's rarely easy. But y'all are wonderful. Mary Jo, when someone needs to enter the Zoom waiting room right here, we just click the blue button that says admit. Yeah, I am. Or Cindy, it doesn't matter. Somebody just... I, you know, so you text that. Just hit and yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. Cindy's probably right. Thank you. Thank this you. may be evidence of the fact that I am uh, always, and I mean this, I, I, I marvel that anyone would remain a part of anything that I am leading. And at the very same time, I scratch my head at why anyone would go anywhere else. <laughs> Our property is gorgeous, our congregation is vibrant, and warm, and faithful, and generous. Our staff is talented, energetic, committed to excellence. Our liturgy is tight, yet varied, and God is always good and very present with us. And while many congregations across all denominations are struggling, to keep their doors open and their staff paid. We have people in the pews every week at four services. We have ministry active throughout the week. And for the second year in a row, through a pandemic, those who have pledged gave even more than they said they would. 2021 was not without its challenges for Church of Our Savior, but it would have been a good year by any measure, I think. But given the pandemic spikes and the other factors, it was a terrific year. For Church of Our Savior. I would like to thank those who are rolling off the vestry for a job very well done in these last three years, especially the last two, for your support, encouragement, frank debate, and a spirit of teamwork. Caroline Ritchie is here, over here. Good job, Caroline. Thank you. A little token of appreciation for you. Well done, Caroline. And uh, Bill Skaggs is uh, not here this morning, could not be here. And our junior warden, Richard Phillips, also could not be. But please, when you see them, thank them. Thank them for a job very well done. And uh, Jackie Wright uh, served as your senior warden this past year. A wonderful support. 
Jackie has another year on the vestry, but won't be serving as senior warden since she has so many other responsibilities, including Daughters of the King President. So your senior warden for 2022 will be Frank Loosebrock. Just a few minutes, we will uh, select new vestry members uh, for three-year terms and one vestry member for a one-year term. And we will, uh, as a vestry, meet right after, uh, all the vestry will meet right after the service and select a junior warden. In 2021, not only was the ministry active and the worship vibrant, but we took a very different approach to stewardship. And I think it was a great success. Instead of having four or five people on the stewardship committee, there were 17 Instead of getting a call, only if you didn't turn in a card, everyone got a call before any material went out, and people got to talk about their church and share stories, and I heard wonderful stories about great conversations and testimonies shared and lunch dates that were made. There was truly a sense in which we weren't just raising money, we were raising mission and raising community. So many, many thanks. We're going to evaluate, continue to evaluate how that went. I think there's some things we could do even better. But many thanks to all those who made that happen, including Matt Majori, Caroline Ritchie, Bill Skaggs, Lenora Gregory, uh, Josh Pressel, Christine Iamazzo, and many others. And thanks especially to you, to the congregation who have pledged generously because you believe in the mission. Almost Last number I saw, almost $100,000 more than the previous year. Despite all that goes on during the week, the center of our life together, of course, is our Sunday morning worship, and that would be absolutely impossible. It would not happen without volunteers. So many of you give and give out of energy and love for this church and love for the Lord to usher, to count money, now to cook breakfast, and to sing. But if I may, I want to thank one person in particular for countless hours invested, often unnoticed or unthanked, but always persevering to make worship just right. Countless hours invested to make sure everyone knew exactly where they needed to be and what to do. Moving the altar and the elements for the Riverbank service back and forth, dotting wafers with wine, putting up with the rector a time or ten, and making a way more else than I can list here. Would you please, with me, stand and offer your sincerest thanks to the head of the Altar Guild, Teresa Myers. hoping that we're near the end, but never quite sure where we stand with it. Our mission is just as important as it ever was, and I would say maybe more so. You've heard me say it, I hope, a thousand times, and I hope you'll hear me say it a thousand more. 
And you can even say it with me. We exist to help people wherever they are on their spiritual journey to live into a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We can thank you for those who know that. We continue to live in times that are often confusing or discouraging, divided and fearsome, with conflicting views and information competing for our fragmented attention. What the world needs is the gospel. If we have faith as our fuel and heaven as our hope, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall gas prices or face masks? Anti-vaxxers or vaccine mandates? Political partisanship or Trent Bulky? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So let me ask you, are you closer now to Jesus than you were when the pandemic started? Are you living into a personal relationship with Jesus, connecting to God and others in worship, growing towards God and others in prayer and in the study of the Scriptures, serving for God and others and uh, in the church and in the community? Because that's what we're here for. We're not here to grow into a great big church. Though, if we do these things, we will be a healthy church, and a law of nature is that healthy things grow. We are here to help people grow in Christ. And I admit to you, it has been hard. It's easy to let a sort of apathetic malaise wash over us. We're tired from COVID and everything else. It's easy to forget to get up in the mornings and read our Bibles and say our prayers before work. It's easy to give ourselves permission not to go to church. It's easy to forget that the gospel isn't just something that needed by those out there, but it's needed every day by us in here. I love being your rector, and I want nothing for you more than I want you and me each to flourish in our faith in Jesus Christ. Now we at the church can offer you opportunities to worship and to study and to serve, but you have to take them. And then you can bring a friend. The staff is working on three goals, three measurable concepts that we are talking about every week in our staff meetings. And, the, and first, we have to figure out how to measure them. It may not be a surprise to you that measuring things is not that common, except for like money and attendance, uh, in, church, in church life. But these, uh, these are things that we need to figure out how to measure, and, then we're, and we're making headway on that. And then we have to figure out where we are right now so we can set benchmarks, and we're uh, making headway on that too. But I want to share these goals with you because they obviously require the parish's partnership. And these are 2026 goals. And every year we're going to set new benchmarks and we can reevaluate them as necessary. The first one, 60% of our parish in Christian formation groups outside of worship. 60% in formation groups outside of worship. That can be the rector's forum or the parenting class. It can be men's or women's Bible studies during the week. Theology on tap. A couples group, a singles group, any group that is studying God's Word in some way regularly and intentionally. God has given us His Word as the primary way that we get to know Him. So if we are going to live into our personal relationships with God, we need to be sowing the Scriptures into our hearts and minds daily. If you need help finding a group or starting a group, I will help you. 
part of my job, part of what you pay me for. That's our first 60% in Christian formation groups outside of worship. Number two, 60% in the congregation, or 60% of the congregation is serving in ministry in a committed way, inside the church or outside the church. Meals on Wheels, Ushers, Flower Guild, Altar Guild, Choir, St. Mary's Food Pantry, Prison Ministry, Sunday School Teachers, Shepherds, Live Stream Team, Vestry, and so much more. 60% of our active members are committed to serving beyond themselves consistently and on a regular basis in at least one particular ministry. And we are in the final stages of producing for you a printed guide that will also be online to show you what opportunities are available and how to get involved. So for both of these things, tracking involvement is harder. For instance, if the same 30 people are in four different Bible studies, that's still only 30 people, not 120. It's important to note because these things, service and study, are widely recognized as indicators of congregational health. The third goal could be a little bit more controversial. We've talked about it a little bit in the past, but hear me out. This goal is to lower the average age of the congregation. I know, gasps. We'll take a pill. That might sound like we're only interested in younger members, not at all. Okay, hold on. Stay with me. Come on, I know. At 47 years old, I am not the youngest, but I am one of the youngest people in the room today. It might sound like we're only interested in younger members, but that is not true. We are interested in the future of the parish. We are always committed to and grateful for our more senior members, and we always will be. However, the fact is that many, many churches have been forced to close their doors because they did not bring younger members into their church as their foundational members aged. We are a long way from that. We could skate for, for several years, but it would be irresponsible to wait until we get there to address it. Approximately 30% of the people, maybe more, who are in our database in Realm have not listed their birth date. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but here's the thing. We don't need to know anyone's age. We just need to know everyone's age. So there's a green form on your, uh, on, on your table. And you can fill that out. And we're going to use this um, as an opportunity to make sure all of our info in uh, Realm is correct, our phone numbers and who's in the household and, and so forth. But fill out the form, including the birth date. And no one, other than the few staff who are doing data entry, will see this unless they come to me and are willing to pay big money for it. And then it's <laughs> up for grabs. If you want to make big money to know how old Bob White is, then you can. Um, I'll be younger when you give me that. Yes, yes. Having your birth dates really helps us to see where we are as a parish, and it helps us plan for the future of our finances. And it will allow us to set a benchmark for this goal. Once we establish our current average age and set the goal for 2026, most of the focus on achieving this goal will be centered around excellence in our children's and youth programs and on the newcomer programs, but also it will give us um, uh, the ability to understand how to manage our finances for the provision of, of pastoral care. 
for those who need it. So those are our three goals. 60% in Christian formation groups, 60% in service, lower the average age. And I'm asking you to partner with us in each of those, but what I'm really asking you to do is live into your own personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Next. The year before the pandemic, a group of parishioners, very able, uh, worked very hard to develop a parish survey. They presented the results to the vestry, and we were in the process of sifting through those results and developing plans to share those results with the congregation when the world changed. In that survey, you told us that finances were a concern for the parish. And you will hear in a minute from our treasurer, Bob White, we are doing well. Though we always need to be concerned and careful and conservative with our financial management. You told us that a more robust stewardship program was necessary, and we made great strides there, and we will continue to evaluate and improve. But the biggest thing, the most consistent thing that you told us, was that we needed to get a plan together for our campus. And this is still a great need. But now we need to know where we are again. And in uh, this, uh, we need to know where we are again in this hopefully mid to late COVID season. So in order to do that, we have we realized we don't need to recreate the will. There, there's a, a great organization called Holy Cow. It's a strange name for a organi- consulting organization. But several parishes in our diocese have worked with them, and they've done 3,000 consulting jobs around, and so there's lots to compare to. Father Trent has been working really hard on this and had a great presentation prepared, but he is out sick today. Uh, he tested negative, but, but still needs our prayers. Um, So I'm going to read to you his presentation. Uh, Recently, you've heard and read about the Church Assessment Tool, or CAT, CAT, offered through Holy Cow Consulting. Really excited about this tool for a few reasons. It will provide a clearer picture of who we are as a church over the past few years in the midst of the pandemic and what directions might be important for our future. Your response is very important to us. This morning... If the church has a functional email address for you, you should have already received an email containing some instruction and the link to our church assessment tool. It's important to note that this will be a mass email from the parish with an embedded link, so depending on your email service, if you don't see that message in your main inbox, please search some of the other folders. It may end up in such, in, search some of your other folders it may end up in, such as promotions or spam, or bulk. If you didn't get it, please contact us, and we will forward it to you once again. Um, If we don't have an active email address for you, fill out the green form, and we'll get it to you. Um, Let us know. Each person in your family that is mature enough to answer the questions is invited to participate. We ask that you take the online assessment as soon as possible, but it will be open for your response until Sunday, February 27th at 5 p.m. So if you log in at 4.50, you probably won't finish. All answers are strictly anonymous, which is why we, can't, we couldn't pair the green sheet with, with Holy Cow. That's what we thought it did, but we, it's anonymous. We have no way of matching any assessment to a particular person, so please feel free to share candidly your perceptions, opinions, and experiences, whether you perceive strengths or weaknesses or opportunities for growth. The assessment will take approximately 20 to 30 minutes to complete. Please set aside enough time to complete the survey all at one time. 
Our future together is dependent on your participation and honest answers. In some cases, you might feel that your opinions are not well formed. Please go ahead and give your impression as it is now, even though you realize it could change if you were to talk with others. Every question requires an answer before you can move forward. You have to complete the assessment in one sitting. There's not a way for you to stop and return and finish later. If you do not believe that you can complete the survey in one sitting, then please make arrangements with the office to get a paper copy. We have a paper copy over here, although we have to enter, when I say we, I mean Trent, has to enter uh, the data. So the uh, confidentiality is a, is a little less on a paper copy, but, but he, won't, he promised he won't tell anybody. Uh, for each question, click on the response that is most accurate. If you wish to return to a previous page, just click on the previous button, but don't use your browser's back button. That makes sense? If you have questions, please contact Father Trent. He's worked really, really hard on this, and we're excited about that. Thanks in advance for your participation. Now, I want to tell you, this is back to me now, there are um, questions in there about a major capital campaign, and let me tell you why. I believe the best thing for the future of this parish is to knock down the two buildings across the street and this building. We want to get the youth ministry on this side of the street because it's not a peripheral ministry for the life of this church. We want a great hall that is actually great with raised ceilings and a view of the river which we can host conferences and, can, and is conducive to, to more contemporary worship. Want sufficient office space for a growing staff, meeting spaces for Bible studies and ministry planning, a welcome center, a choir room. It is designed to be a choir room rather than repurposed classrooms. We want classroom and nursery space for children's ministry that is laid out in a way that makes sense. And, ta da da da, bathrooms close to the church. Out of two meetings last year with Senior Wardens Emeritus, Emeriti, I guess, to seek wisdom, and there was great support for this idea, but I want to be very clear about this. A building is only a tool. It is not an end in itself. It is not an idol. It is not a source of pride. It is not a seal of approval on a rector's tenure. The question is not, do we want a new building? Because we always want shiny new things. We, as a congregation, have to have the discipline, and certainly as leadership, have to have the discipline to separate ourselves from our wants. The question is this. Is our current building moving us forward or limiting us in our mission to help people, wherever they are in their spiritual journey, to live into a personal and intimate relationship with Christ? Will a larger and updated and wisely planned facility accelerate our ability to help people grow in Christ. Your answers on the Holy Cow survey will help the leadership determine if the parish has the sense of need, the desire, and the will to support a major project like this strategically and financially. So I encourage you. It could be, let me say this, it could be that renovation is more uh, appropriate than reconstruction. Everything's on the table. At this point, it could be that we're fine and we're just going to sit right here for the next 20 years. We got a lot more than the apostles did. But we want to see what the Lord wants. We want to see what you want. So please take the time to fill this out. Now, beyond that, 
Friends, it is the daily life of running a parish, redoubling our efforts at pastoral care, preaching and teaching faithfully, helping people to live into a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. Y'all are wonderful. I love being your rector, and I hope to be your rector for a long, long time. God bless you. Amen. Bam, 940. All right, Senior Warden, Jackie Wright, come on up and give your report. While she's coming up, let me draw your attention to a uh, annual report that you can actually read uh, rather than 20 pages of things that you probably won't. And for you guys watching online, we uh, are happy to uh, send this to you, or there are plenty available in the office. If you didn't get one, we have plenty over here. Jackie. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Stand in, Lester. <laughs> Uh, good morning. Uh, as Joe said, comes good news from the foundation front. Um, in 2021, the foundation grew by $94,366. So we now have a foundation value of $286,246. Uh, that growth was driven, um, so glad to re report, by $73,000 just over $73,000 in contributions and gifts from parish members. Um, it also grew, as you can tell, for, by 20, almost $22,000 in growth in value from investment and uh, realized gains within the fund. So a positive year on both fronts and um, a very nice growth in the value for the uh, foundation. Um, that money is invested, 276000 of it is invested in a State Street Global account through the Episcopal Church Foundation. So that's where it's in the growth uh, opportunity. And then we have a balance of around $10,000 in a SunTrust business checking account. So that's where the monies are. Um, the current foundation is made up of, uh, and I want to thank these individuals for their continued service, Marcia Beck, Brian Chappell, Cindy Covington, and myself. Um, we have ex-officio members of uh, Father Joe, Father Trent, and Bob White. Um, and Frank, if nobody told you, that's part of the new job too. So <laughs> you're now an ex-officio member of the uh, foundation as well. Um, I do want to thank Anna Dooley, had served on the foundation for a number of years, and she rolled off as part of our kind of term limit um, in 2021. So my sincere thanks for everything, Anna. was a very valuable and a high contributing member to the, uh, to the foundation effort. So thank you to Anna. Um, as uh, you might know, but we are very pleased that we'll be welcoming, welcoming two new members to the foundation at actually our next meeting this week. Lenora Gregory and Scott Stanley have both agreed to serve on the foundation and will be joining us. We're very much looking forward to them and their contributions to the foundation. Um, I, I'd want to repeat, it was a good year for 2021 and it was a good year for the foundation because of the support of members of the parish. People remembering the foundation and Church of Our Savior as part of their estate planning and part of their gifts um, as, as uh, members of the church. So um, I do offer, you've heard those names, um, myself, we're all available. If you'd like to hear more about the foundation, if you would like to discuss the opportunities for you potentially, uh, potentially uh, in your own planning, we all serve and look forward to talking with you about that. That will be our main focus in 2022 as we move forward, will be the continued promotion and uh, knowledge around the foundation and continued marketing there of the, uh, of the foundation itself. So with that, that's the report. All right, thank you so much, Mark.
All right, uh, Bob White, who, uh, you guys, this guy, I, I've been in several churches. I've never, I've said it before to you, but Bob, you do such an amazing job. I really am so grateful for your leadership and your attention and, um, and your partnership. So thank you so much for the job. Well done. And would you please come and tell us about last year's finances and this coming year's finances? I'll do it. So nice of Joe to say that. I want to thank Joe as well. He's a very astute man. If you look at your agenda, this is number five out of six on your uh, annual parish meeting dial. It means at the very end. And who, who else would know to do that than Joe? Because this is, this is the most riveting topic you're going to hear. It's big. I wanted to talk about just a couple things. One is real quick the financial process that we go through so that you kind of know that we do pay attention and there are multiple people involved. Uh, we do a budget every year, which I'll talk about in a second. And once we get that budget, we report on it every month. Uh, Cheryl Fields, our outstanding finance manager, uh, provides that information to me. That's turned into a, uh, a treasurer's report. This is an example. That's December of last year. Uh, I send that to the vestry two to four days, sometimes one, uh, before the vestry meeting. It's reviewed in detail and it gets approved as part of the minutes and goes into the official record. Uh, that's what that's what we do each uh, each and every month, uh, and so that's something you should know. And not that you would want to be part of it, but at least you know what happens. Uh, the second thing I want to mention is we do an annual audit every year. There's about uh, five thousand dollars set aside in the budget for an audit. It's very important to have somebody come in independently, look at our books and records, uh, uh, look at our internal controls, and make sure that nothing uh, crazy is going on. And uh, so once again, we had an audit this year, and we received a. Uh, uh, excellent audit. Uh, it wasn't an unqualified opinion, which means it was perfect. It was qualified, but only because we didn't have a fixed asset and property detail, which I always found kind of comical because we don't own it. The diocese owns it. So for the audit to question that we don't have detail on something we don't own is a curious thing to me, but I just let it go. Uh, 2000, uh, the other thing I want to mention is, in addition to looking at our budget uh, every, every month, in our actual and how we did and where we need to work on things, which is really critical because we're a, we're a zero-based budget organization. We start over every year. And so we, that's why we have pledge campaigns. If we don't know what we're going to get in receipts, then we don't know what we can spend. And we spend money on property plant equipment, on people, on ministries. And so these things are all very important to get established. Uh, the other thing we look at very closely is our liquidity, or simply said, our cash. Uh, we have sort of a... Uh, a goal, it's not a canonical goal or a bylaw goal, it's a self-inflicted goal, that we want to maintain three months of cash reserves, and this is important, net of designated and restricted funds. And you say to yourself, what in the heck are designated and restricted funds? Uh, restricted funds uh, is a fund category that would include things like the graft trust, which we are fortunate to receive every year in the approximate amount of $60,000. It also includes uh, some Cuba money that we still have uh, uh, in, our, in our account. It also includes something new this year. I mean, for those of you who uh, pay attention, uh, you, know, you read all about government stimulus and these sort of things. Well, our Savior was a, a recipient of government stimulus this year. The diocese, on our behalf, and many other churches, uh, filed a uh, PPP loan request. And our share of that was something along the lines of $90,000. And we establish that as a restricted fund until we decide what to do with it. So that's also restricted. 
designated funds are when folks like you send in a check for 100, 500, 1,000, 50, 10, and say, I want this to go to the kids, or I want this to go to the choir, or, I want this to go to Altar Guild, or, or whatever. That's, that's tracked separately, um, not as its own entity, but we just track it separately because we want to use it as intended. So neither one of those uh, categories are included in our net liquidity. Uh, so our net liquidity throughout 2021 ranged from uh, 3.2 to almost 4, and at the end of the year it was 3.37. Uh, so we're very strong cash-wise. And the three months means that if we had no income for three whole months, we could still pay our staff, pay our clergy, pay the light bill, pay the landscaper, pay all our bills. So it's something we look at every month very carefully. Uh, 2021, it's, it's already in your annual report, so I don't want to belabor the point. It was, a, it was a really solid year, but it was a little strange as well because our revenues were almost 12% higher than our budget, which you go, wow, that's really good. Uh, and that's good. Our expenses were 13% higher than budget. <laughs> Not so good. Uh, we, as, we, as we typically do, and this kind of goes back to Joe's comments about the physical facility and the buildings and the property and plant, um, it's an old place and things happen. We got surprised twice this year. Uh, once because of an old building and once because of a squirrel. I'll tell you about that. Uh, the old building is the uh, Family Life Center across the street. Uh, we found that we had a black mold problem, which is not good for people to be breathing and operating in that environment. We had to remediate that, and then we also had to uh, eliminate and replace the windows that were causing the mold problem because moisture was getting into the uh, into the house or the center. So that was about a uh, $20,000 item that was not expected, so to speak. And then a little, little squirrel got playing around the transformer, which is not a healthy thing to do, and uh, blew himself up, uh, <laughs> killed himself. Uh, Mike Baldwin found him. Gave him a proper burial, uh, but it cost us about 30 grand, partially because it blew out a couple of uh, uh, AC units, blew out tons of plugs, uh, and some other damage, and then through that uh, evaluation, Richard Phillips and others realized that our entire sort of grounding system and electrical uh, safe system, if you will, uh, needed to be replaced. So that's all been done, and it was done out of the budget, yet we still... Uh, came just a scooch worse than we planned on the bottom line. So when you have those, kind of, we all have those kind of surprises in our family. When you have them and you can live through them, it, it's a good thing. So thanks to everybody for making our revenue so good. Uh, we hope we won't have any more surprises like we did last year, although I must admit we already have one. The uh, AC unit in the main administrative area has uh, died. So we get a $7,000 surprise out of that. So that's okay, we'll work through it. Uh, our contributions last year were up 10.26%, so that's part of that revenue favorable variance, if you will. So keep giving. Thank you very much. Uh, 2022 budget, uh, pretty similar to 2021. Our, our revenues are relatively uh, flat. Our pledged income, which is the uh, sort of stokes the fire of what we can do because that's what everybody gives. That's our main revenue line. Probably represents 80% of what we uh, receive every year. Uh, it's it's actually just a scooch down, uh, but that's mainly because we didn't budget as much unpledged giving as we received in 2021. So it's still pretty flat. Uh, operations expense is knock on wood way down. Uh, because even though we've had a surprise, it's not near the magnitude of what we uh, experienced in the first quarter of last year, but we're only a month too. Uh, employee expenses up 1%, and ministry expense, which is the one I'm 
always hopeful is up the most, is up 15% in the budget. So it's a solid budget. Uh, thank everybody for working on it. Uh, we're, we're, we're in good shape financially. We're in good shape liquidity-wise. And uh, that's all thanks to everyone here and everyone who wasn't able to be here. And that's, uh, that's in my report. Thank you very much. There is a summary of the financials uh, in this beautiful uh, annual report. There are, if you are the kind of person who just loves the details, I want to know every little thing. We printed them out for you. They're right over here next to the paper copies of the Holy Cow assessment. We are happy for you to, uh, to take that. We never want, we're not hiding anything. We're just assuming that this is what you want. Um, so... Uh, but, but for the for the accountants among you, we have this over here. And we would love your help, always. Uh, we have a little bit of time. I would be um, remind those who are just elected to the vestry and those who serve on the vestry that we need to have a quick meeting to, um, to elect a junior warden. And then, um, but are there any questions? Yes. For any, anyone? Yes, someone. Yes. There's two references to the buildings across the street other than the windows. What are, and I believe one of the references that you'd like to see them taken down. What do you plan to do? What are, what are your thoughts as to that property? The question was, what are my thoughts uh, according to the property um, across the street? There's been a couple of references, and one is that I said I would like to have them taken down. I, um, you know, I think my responsibility is to work uh, with the vestry and look at the data from the the assessment. I think that at least initially, uh, at least initially, they, they should probably be parking, you know, for a while. I think there's there's actually been a really good uh, uh, idea that um, that we could start like a community garden. There's been talk of a school. There's been talk of um, all sorts of things, gyms. I mean, there's a, there's lots of things. We don't have a plan yet for that. Is is there's we're not moving in a direction there. I think my goal, my my. Not, I shouldn't say a goal. My hope uh, is to is to move what is over there now on this side of the street, so we don't have people I, I minimize our youth walking back and forth uh, as as the road gets busier and busier. But um, and it's just farther and harder to get to. So that that would be my uh, hope. But that's uh, it's it's not my church, you know. It's it's y'all's church, and so we want to hear from you about uh, and and then and and not even just on Holy Cow, we're going forward as well. That's a great question. Then. Yes, Richard. Have you started putting together plans for a new building here and what it might look like and how much it might cost? Uh, no, we feel like that's probably jumping the gun. The question is, have we actually started putting together plans uh, for a new building here? And, and no, because we're not committed uh, one way or the other. A new building is what I think is best, but I'm just one person. Uh, there's been other support for that as well. Uh, it may be that um, restoration or renovation is, is the better option. Every, like I said, everything's on the table, but we need to hear get the data first. Yes, Frank. What's the uh, latest on the search for the new bishop? What's the latest on the search for the new bishop? Um, the deadline for applications was back in November. The nominating committee uh, took all of the applications. We received 25% more than the national average for applicants, which is great. 
Um, the, uh, they sifted through all those. They w did hours and hours of Zoom interviews. Every single person on the nominating committee watched, at least watched, every single interview. Uh, they prayerfully uh, debated, and, um, and then they culled the list. Uh, and then they will soon have a retreat for, um, uh, for the remaining candidates and their spouses at an undisclosed, undisclosed location. It will not be at Camp Weed or Serenity Conference Center. And um, that is, of course, to protect the confidentiality of those uh, involved. And then March 9th or so, the final slate will be, uh, will be announced and the petition process will open up. And, um, and that is uh, that's a one-week process for folks who, um, it's sort of a last call. But, it's, uh, but th those candidates will go through the same scrutiny as, um, as normally nominated candidates as well. Uh, I want to assure you, I'm not one of the, one of the people that they're talking to. I actually am on the standing committee, which is sort of the offensive coordinator for the whole process. And so I'm a part of that. But um, I do not know, uh, with a couple of exceptions, just because I know. But I don't know. I'm not privy to the information of, of who's in the process. Um, and we do have a, a member of the nominating committee who won't tell you anything, but uh, Rick, is there anything that I missed that I need to add to that? Uh, you said way too much. Yeah. Okay, who's your favorite candidate? Uh, so, uh, please pray for Rick and the nominating committee. It's a great question there. So March 9th or so, March 9th, March 11th, the latest, uh, will announce the standing committee, will announce the final slate of candidates. Uh, the election, there will be a meet and greet times in different regions of the diocese. That is the week of May 2nd to 7th, and the election is May 14th. I have a question. Uh, question over there. That group going to the conference, uh, is it the, that same slate, or is it a bunch more? Uh, so it's basically semi-finalists, so I, would, I don't know, but it's probably about double the final. We, the, we on the standing committee charged the nominating committee to produce three to five... <coughs> final candidates. So I would guess, I don't know, and it's not my business, I would guess it's probably eight to ten candidates that are going to that. Just a guess. Yes? What do we know about Beth's ordination? What do we know about Beth's ordination? What we know is that we, we are pushing the uh, bishop to make that happen before Lent. Uh, Beth has been proved as a candidate for ordination, and the bishop knows that I am eager to see that. Great question. She's worked so hard. The Lord uh, today. The the I don't know. I'd love to actually talk to you about the sermon and the the calling and the, the concept of calling because Beth has been pursuing this call for a long time, seven or eight years actually, and um, and it is coming to fruition uh, hopefully within the month. Yeah, but we will let you know and we're going to throw together a fantastic uh, celebration. Other questions. All right, well, some of you have already been to church. The others of you can just hang out. Um, oh, yes. Do you have a presentation? Oh, uh, yeah, I'd like to present to you my lovely wife, <laughs> who is the apple of my eye and just the, the, the star in my life. But was came in just after the presentation to Teresa that she's talking about. <laughs> yes, 
but thank you, my love. Yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, all right. Any other questions? All right. Vestry. Yep. Yes, Pam. Oh, that is a great question. Um, I would say leave them right on your table, face down, if you don't want us to see. Uh, and then, um, and we will uh, fill, go ahead and fill them out, and then leave them on your table, and we will, uh, Elaine will pick those up. Uh, you can give them to uh, Beth Renal, that would be fine as well. Or give them to Elaine, or leave them face down, and we'll pick them up. Great question. Okay. Uh, Vestry, let's meet in the conference room right next door. You ready for me to end this? Uh, yes. Yeah. So let's have a let's have a closing prayer. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Fill it with all truth, and all truth with all peace. Where it is corrupt, purify it. Where it is an error, direct it. Where in anything it is amiss, reform it. Where it is right, strengthen it. Where it is in want, provide for it. Where it is divided, reunite it. Inspire our witness to your Son, Jesus Christ, that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.